Well, hi everybody, this is Peter uh, with Teresa and Walter. We are here on the Magic, just beginning our wonderful Mediterranean cruise. Actually, we just uh, finished a tour of the island of Gozo, which is off the coast of Malta. And uh, it was awesome. We'll tell you all about that uh, when we get back. But uh, we want to talk about our... Adventures by Disney pre-cruise add-on, the Barcelona Escape that we did when we arrived in Barcelona. And uh, it was, it's billed as, what is it, three days, two nights? Right. It's really two full days is what you get um, on on this tour. And uh, we had a great time. I mean, we saw an enormous amount of Barcelona uh, on that. Um just to provide a little bit of, uh, well, first let me just apologize for the audio. Um, I don't have the right equipment. I didn't bring the right equipment. I didn't think I was going to be doing a segment on the ship, but we decided to. So we're kind of recording this on my laptop, uh, in my stateroom, sitting on the futon. So uh, we'll do a little bit of work on the audio, but it's not the quality you're used to. We know that. That's the best I can do. So there. Um, so I want to talk about just a little bit of, of, of background as to why we chose to do the Barcelona Escape. Uh, we had already uh, booked and planned doing the ABD add-on with this Mediterranean cruise. Now, for those who aren't familiar with what that is, uh, Adventures by Disney uh, offers a, an optional add-on to the Mediterranean cruise for both the 710 and 11-night uh, sailings where basically Adventures by Disney takes you out when you get to these different ports. You don't have to book shore excursions or figure out what shore excursions you want. Adventures by Disney has set everything up, and they take you out. with advent- You have adventure guides, as you do with any adventure- Adventures by Disney trip. You have a local expert who meets you in each port, as you have with every Adventures by Disney trip. And... Uh, it, it, I'll tell you, just from today, the first one on the cruise, it was unbelievable. It was absolutely unbelievable. But uh, we had started planning this. I had started planning this months ago and was really having a hard time figuring out uh, where I wanted to stay, what, what hotel we should stay at, what we should do. I knew I wanted to come in a few days early. When Walter and I had done the Med Cruise last year, we only had one full day in Barcelona. Barcelona is such a gorgeous city, and I really wanted to see more of it. Um, but there was I was really stressed out planning this because, you know, I, the, big, the big thing for me is I'm not a real savvy international traveler. I've only traveled internationally once, and that was last year when we came to Barcelona to do the Med Cruise. Uh, of course, in Spain, it's Spanish, not English, and although some people in Barcelona do speak English, uh, you f- we found quite a few that either didn't speak it at all, or what they did speak was very, very slight. Um, so I was kind of nervous about that. I was kind of nervous about the whole language barrier, about, you know, uh, transportation, getting to different places, and I really stressed myself out about this for, like, months, before you were. You had changed your mind and altered the plans, you know, several times. Several times. Several times. And eventually, it like kind of dawned on me. I, I, 
I, I, don't, I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner, but it dawned on me that, you know, Adventures by Disney was doing this, this add-on in Barcelona. I'm like, let them do it. So, like, three weeks before we left, I was, like, frantically calling, seeing if I could get on this tour. And they did have space, and they, they set us up. And, uh, well, you know, I was able to really relax at that point, because I knew Adventures by Disney had it under control. Now, the add-on is expensive. The, the, this this three-day, two-night add-on is $1,800 a person. And I thought that was kind of steep for only a couple of days. But having done it, I can say it was worth it. Um, especially when you take a look at what things in Europe cost. Europe is expensive. Hotels are expensive. Food is expensive. Attractions are expensive. Uh, transportation. Transportation, souvenirs, anything you want to buy, it's expensive. And so, you know, that's kind of reflected in the price of, of this add-on. Um, but as with everything else with ABD, and no matter how many times I do it, I get caught in the same trap where I look at the price and I say, wow, that's really expensive. But then at the end of it, I'm like, okay, it was worth every dime. Well, that hotel room was going for, what, 500 a night when you were looking for it? Right. Well, actually, no more. I mean, in U.S. dollars, the hotel that we stayed in, which was the uh, the palace, um, at the for the dates that we were there, if I had booked that on my own, it was $700 a night U.S. Wow. for those rooms. Um, hotels, very hard, very, very expensive in Barcelona. But I don't want to get too far ahead with the hotel yet. We'll get to that. Um, I want to talk about arriving in Barcelona. Um, customs was a breeze. A breeze. It was. We just kind of zoomed right through. There was no problems. Our bags, we got our bags. Uh, for those coming into Barcelona, uh, luggage carts are free and they're readily available. There were hundreds of luggage carts there for you to take. We each had one luggage cart because <laughs> we had like 47 pieces of luggage. <laughs> Okay, most of it was mine. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Walter only had one, you know. We have to be simple. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, and of course, like the one, I I bring my, the one big one I bring, which is like a body bag. Um, That weighs like 300 pounds. But uh, got our luggage, and as soon as we come into the terminal, there's the Adventures by Disney sign. Our driver is there, and so is one of our guides, Courtney. Lovely Miss Courtney. And uh, Courtney it was not only the guide, one of the guides for our Barcelona escape, she is also one of the guides with us here on the Magic for our, our cruise. And, uh, you know, it, it was just like, I talk about that Disney bubble. You know, when you're nervous about traveling internationally and you want to go see these places, but you're nervous about the, 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 the difference in customs or the difference in language or, you know, being outside your comfort zone, which, you know, traveling to Europe is outside my comfort zone. You know, maybe two or three more trips I'll feel a little bit, you know, a little bit different about it. But right now, I, you know, it's outside my comfort zone, and that's stressful for me. And I have a feeling that I'm not the only one who feels that way. So, you know... Seeing that Adventures by Disney sign and the guide there, it was like you're in that Disney bubble. You can have this experience in this exotic and wonderful place and not have to worry about any of those things. They just tell you where to go, 
when to show up, and they take care of everything for you. And I cannot put a price tag on that. Just coming off the plane, which was a great flight. I mean, Delta was great, you know, little delayed coming out of JFK, but it wasn't bad. I think we were only delayed by about a half an hour. But I, I swear to God, I've got like three apology emails from Delta. Really? Um, really? You know, well, I got a text message from them apologizing for the delay, and I've gotten two emails. Wow. Apologizing for the delay, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but the there. flight was great. Um, and like, but you know, you're traveling for a long time, and then you get off the plane, and you see that Disney sign, and you're like, okay, good. Somebody else is in charge now. I've gotten this here. Now I can just turn it over, and I can enjoy myself. And being the person who normally plans the trips, you know, I, I, really, I, that's, a, that's a great feeling. So Courtney met us, and uh, we went and got into our, our car and took us to, for me, the most gorgeous hotel really? I have ever been in. Okay. And we stayed in some nice hotels, but this one was fantastic. Uh, we'll have a link on the show notes page. To the Hotel El Palace or Palace, it's spelled Palace. Um, the former Ritz. It's the. It used to be the Ritz Hotel in Barcelona, and let me tell you, opulent, oh, old world. That old world European charm. It's like something you'd see in a movie, and I just don't see hotels like that in the U.S. You know, it's not a Sheridan. It's not a Hilton. It's, it was so small. You know, for, I mean, it was elegant, it, but it wasn't huge and overpowering. But it's also, I wouldn't say it was tiny. I wouldn't say no. small, no. I think it's a, it's a normal size hotel. It's right. not 800 rooms, but right. um, uh, the lobby is just incredible. You, you've got to, you know, <laughs> you got to see it. Go onto the website, go onto their website and take a look at this hotel. What The pictures you see on the website, that is exactly how this hotel looks. It's exactly how the rooms look. Because um, at first, when we first looked at it, and I said, oh, my God, that's beautiful, I'm kind of saying to myself, all right, but, you know, they always look good right. in the brochures or on the web, but when you get there, it's never quite as grand. <laughs> oh, no, this place did not disappoint. Um, certainly the most beautiful of any of the Adventures by Disney hotels really? we've stayed in. Um, just gorgeous. The rooms were nice, too. Rooms were very, very nice. Uh the only thing is, in Europe, apparently we haven't uh, we haven't let them know that beds don't have to be uh, made of concrete. <laughs> um, firm, I right? liked my bed. I like a firm bed. But it was I, better than the, the no, place we I'm at. sorry. When I lay down on a bed, I don't want to feel like I'm sleeping on the floor. <laughs> I want to feel like I'm in a bed. You know, that's why you have a bed and not just blankets and a pillow on the floor. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but I, I, again, I have to be honest, didn't, I had a great night's sleep. I had no trouble getting, getting rest. Um, the rooms were very, uh, very well appointed. Um, beautiful, clean. I had a chandelier over my bed. Did you all uh, have a chandelier? Yeah, we had bed? a chandelier. We had a chandelier. Um, bathrooms were, were stunning. <laughs> um, just beautiful. Just beautiful. And the service at this hotel was incredible. I mean, they couldn't do enough for you. And when you get your key, your key isn't a standard hotel room key. It's an actual key. And when you leave the hotel, you turn your key into the concierge. 
And when you come back, you go to the concierge and get your key and go up to your room. And they know who you are. It's like they remember you. It, it was it was very cool. I've just it's something I've never done before. So at first, when she said you got to turn your key in when you leave, I'm like, what's that about? <clears throat> but then it was kind of cool. We did yeah. it. It was you didn't like have to worry about your key because they always had it. They it always had cool. it. And the little old timey boxes behind the counter. Oh yeah, they had where they put your key. Yeah. And the key had this giant maroon red tassel. Tassel like a. It was a tassel. It looked like uh, uh, Sideshow Bob's hair. <laughs> when you turned it upside down, the Simpsons, when you turned it upside down, it looked like... This giant ornate tassel hanging on your brass, and it had your room number on it. And it was it was pretty amazing. So, yeah, getting into the hotel was great. Again, a beautiful experience and, and beautiful hotel, and definitely had curb appeal. So we got, uh, we got settled, and... Uh, our our welcome dinner uh, was that night at a local a, a local restaurant. But we had met our um, the other family traveling with us. Very unusual for an Adventures by Disney trip. It was the three of us and another family, three people, um, and that was it. That was the extent of our group. And um, I was surprised that Disney hadn't canceled it, but. Uh, apparently because it was the first one of the season and it just worked out a certain way that they uh, they let it go through. And uh, so it was like we basically had a private tour. Uh, that was also when we got to meet our other tour guide. His name was James. It was wonderful. Uh, so we had Courtney and James for those, those uh, three days, two days, whatever it was. And where was the restaurant we went to? Um... It was overlooking Barcelona, up in the right. hills. Mm. <clears throat> El, El, El Salé, X-A-L-E-T. Again, El Salé. My, my Spanish is limited to habla inglés and gracias. Um, it's about all the Spanish I know, so I'm definitely not pronouncing it right. But it had this amazing panoramic view right, of Barcelona. And this was our welcome... Uh, <clears throat> our welcome dinner. Unfortunately, we were seated on a patio that was getting full sun and was really uncomfortable. In the first hour of the dinner was like, the sun was right in my face. Yeah, everybody on that side of the table was just looking directly into the sun. Yeah, and they had no shades to pull, and we asked to be moved, and they couldn't move us because they had a big party coming in. And um, But uh, the food was good uh, for me. Um, I had the chicken, uh, and it was very good. Um, Teresa and Walter <laughs> ordered the fish. Well, it just ended up being sort of tasteless. It was like a white square of fleshy nothing. I mean, it just had no taste. <laughs> and they, like, my, like my thighs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was... A white square of fleshy nothing. They could tell that we didn't like it. They immediately said, we'll get you the chicken if you want. They got us a chicken that was good. Chicken was delicious. But... The, it, the chicken, our chicken came out so fast. I mean, y'all had you had a chicken breast. I a had a nice portion. big, nice big portion. I had yeah. a chicken leg sitting on three little pieces of potato. It was good, mind you. It was excellent, but it was like the consolation prize for turning down the fleshy square of fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the wine was excellent. Yeah, lots of wine flowing. Lots of wine flowing in Barcelona. Um, is that normal on an ABD trip? 
They have it usually. It, it depends. Usually, usually beer and wine is is included. Okay. They let you know. They let you know if it is or if it isn't. But I think most of the time, wine and beer mm-hmm. are included uh, on the on, on the meals on the dinners anyway. Um, so that was our first night. It was great. It was you know great to meet everybody and get to know our guides. Um, the first full day, the next day. Wait, we went back and went to the bar. Oh, that's right. Let's We're not back. forget about the bar. Let's not forget about the, the bar. The lounge. The lounge. Went back to the hotel, <laughs> and we were still kind of wired. So we went to the hotel lounge, which was in the basement of the hotel. You had to go through up to the side of the lobby. There was this ornate wrought iron door, like a, like a fence door. Right. And it was open, and it led down this beautiful... Staircase. Elegant staircase. Into this... Cave. But it was beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. It was so beautifully uh, decorated and elegant, but it was weird because as soon as we walked in, they asked, do you have a reservation? For the, like, four tables? Yeah, they had, like, four tables, like, like normal tables, and then everything else was high tops. And we said no, and she says, okay, well, you can sit at any one of the open high tops. So we did. We got it, you know... A table. Um, ordered some drinks. Uh, the bartender was Ooh. real. Teresa was in love with the bartender, uh, and he was like, he was one of those show bartenders where he was oh, like, wow. you know, flipping the glasses, um, throwing up, taking tongs, throwing up ice, and then catching the ice with the tongs behind his back. Behind like, his back, yeah, I mean, it was incredible. It was amazing, and he knew it though because yeah. he kept. He, was, he could see us watching him. And we would, like, clap for him. And, I mean, it was, it was really cool. He was eating it up. He loved it. Um, and then, uh, uh, just, then we had some, some, then the entertainment came out. And we weren't sure what, you Wait, know. go back. There was this beautiful mirror on the wall, beautiful round, huge mirror with a gilded frame, Beautiful artwork, very tasteful. You got to think old world European old world. elegance throughout this hotel, and Dark especially in this bar. And golds, mahogany. It was just it, and dim lights. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful with a little tiny stage over beside the bar in the corner. And they said the music would be starting soon, so we were sitting there drinking, and out comes three gentlemen: a guitar, a bass, and drums. Mm-hmm. And they started playing this bluesy American and like really good, really but good. But I, I was surprised they were singing in English. Yeah, I, I they were singing like Eric Clapton. It was wonderful. But when the music started, <laughs> I said, "Oh my God, look, Pete!" And this mirror slowly lowered. The frame stayed. The frame stayed. The, frame stayed, the, frame stayed, the mirror itself the lowered. The mirror itself lowered, and behind the mirror, behold, was a disco this ball. Big old disco ball. <laughs> Which just completely ruined the atmosphere <laughs> in this place. I mean, it had no business being there. It was like in its own little room, and it just... <laughs> yes. It was like room of disco ball. Uh, it was really bizarre. It was really, really bizarre. Um, but it was it was great. I mean, it was... It was, uh, it was uh, fun. It was relaxing. They were great. The band was fantastic. And, uh, but then the bill came. <gasps> it was oh. pricey. I had a couple of Cokes. Teresa had a couple of uh, Cosmos. Cosmos. Walter had a few. I think it was, was it uh, 
cousin Glenn, or no, it was, no, it, was uh, it was uh, it was Bud. cousin Bud. Budweiser. Please find the cheapest, nastiest American <laughs> beer that tastes as close to piss as possible, and that's what Walter wants to drink. Well, I think it was eighty-six euros God. for this, which is the equivalent of about a hundred and twenty dollars for about six or seven drinks, two of which were Coke. Um, so one of the reasons it looks so nice is because it's expensive. And again, Barcelona is expensive. And you start getting that when you venture out on your own and you go to eat certain places. Now, I'm sure there are places to eat in Barcelona or, or clubs that are more reasonable. But in the tourist areas, I think this is what you can expect. At least this has been our experience from last year and now this year, that the places that we went, it costs money. Keep in mind also that the price of everything in, in Europe is in euros. And uh, at the time that we're recording this, uh, one euro is about a dollar forty U.S. So we're losing 40 cents on the dollar uh, converting to euros. So it's a very expensive trip for Americans to make. And that's another reason why, I think, because oh, that trip takes place entirely in Europe or in, you know, in, in Barcelona. Uh, it's one of the reasons it's probably more expensive than it would be otherwise. But, uh, so that was our first day. It was great. Our first night. Our first full day, the next morning, uh, we had breakfast in the, in the hotel. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say best hotel buffet breakfast oh, ever. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Which is included every night, every morning with your... With our room, it was included. And, you know, all right, Walter's tastes for certain things. I realize I do not care for Spanish cuisine, but go ahead. Well, you don't care for European breakfast. Uh, I like meats and eggs cooked. Yeah, you sure it. The egg, it's, it's cooked. It's just runny. They like They like it more watery. Oh, they breathed warm air on it. But it was still cooked. It wasn't it was like cooked. they weren't serving you something that was going to kill you. Right. Um, is my point. Um, but, yeah, the eggs tend to be watery, and the bacon tends to be not crispy the way we serve it in America. So, you know, every morning, you know, Walter had to have the eggs cooked more, and they obliged, they were, no problem. They recognized us how many eggs, one or two servings. Yep. And they scrambled them up for us. As soon as we came in, yep. After the first day, they remembered that. And uh, real eggs, not powdered, which is a nice change from doing anything with Disney. Um, and, and like dim sum, they had this great dim sum on the uh, on the buffet. They had Little these noodly amazing homemade pastries. They had salmon, uh, fresh juices, fresh juices, fresh fruit, fruit. champagne. Um, and it wasn't that these things were unusual in and of themselves. It was how good everything was. That a lot of care and attention was paid uh, to, to, this, to, the, to this meal. And, and every morning it was consistent. It was excellent. Even the coffee was very good. And it wasn't typical European coffee. It, was, it tasted like brewed American coffee. And it was good brewed American coffee, which was a nice, nice surprise. And to eat breakfast... In the elegance of that courtyard. Oh, yeah. because Right, because the, where they serve you breakfast is actually outside, but they've got this big cover over it, so it almost looks like it's inside. But I think it had, like, well, it had the, the back of the hotel, 
It had three walls and one open wall where we went out to the right, open but the, areas. The, the, but the, the, the ceiling was the gone. Ceil- yeah. well, the, right, the ceiling is actually a makeshift ceiling. It's, yeah. Um, it was like an accordion. An elegant, 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 but not pretentious. It, you didn't feel like you had to be dressed up to walk through this no. hotel. It just... Very comfortable. They made you feel very welcome. Um, I would stay at this hotel again in a heartbeat. Gorgeous, gorgeous hotel. All right, so after breakfast, we get on to our our coach, uh, Always with Adventures by Disney. You've got your uh, private coach that takes you every place you got to go. And we also met our local guide that day, who was Ava. 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 Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Something interesting about the guides in Barcelona, they're all licensed. They have to go to school, they have to get licensed, and they're only licensed in certain areas. So Eva could uh, take us on tour in in Barcelona, but if the trip was to go to Madrid or someplace else in Spain, she would not be able to be a guide there because she's not licensed to do that. So, But they want to make sure that the guides who take people around the city are knowledgeable, have all the facts, and they were just a fountain of information. She was fantastic. And our first stop was this amazing church designed by the architect Gaudi Mm -hmm. called Sagrada Familia. And this is just the most amazing piece of architecture that has been being built since, I think they said, 1868 or something. Yeah, the late 1800s. It's supposed to be finished by what, now? 2025? Or 2015. No, 2025, yeah, 2025. And the reason uh, that it's taking so long is that it relies, it's privately owned, and it relies on private donation. They will not accept money from the government. They will not accept money from corporations or anything like that. All the work being done is being funded by private donations, anonymous donations from individuals. So no one can, you know, bump their ego by putting their attaching their name to a big donation. And the price of the entrance, that goes towards right, keep, they, upkeep. And right, and I forgot, do, do we, I don't think we even noticed what the no, I didn't even admission see what fee was. was. But there is an admission fee that mm-hmm. is included, of course, with Adventures by Disney. And... Uh, the, the, all of that money goes towards uh, uh, the, the the renovation of the church, or the building of the church. And uh, just recently in November, it was uh, blessed by the Pope as a, was it a basilica? Or a, there's a special designation given to it by the Pope, sure, yeah. um, which is a big deal, and that happened in November. You, you can see how much we paid attention <laughs> To uh, to Ava and her, her, her information. She was just constantly giving you this information. There was information. a constant stream constant, of info. Constant, constant. And it was amazing. You know, I personally was just standing there just... It's the most unusual church you will ever see. It is. And if you take a look at some of the pictures that we've posted, if you go, there'll be a link in the show notes to uh, uh, the pictures we have been uploading while we've been here. Um, you can see the various uh, sculptures around the church that depict various stories in the Bible, whether it was uh, the birth of Christ, the crucifixion, 
Uh, all different scenes from the Bible are all depicted around this church in the most amazing way. Uh, it's just gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It has different styles. Different styles on each side. On each yeah. side, yeah. And uh, some of the spires on the top of the church are actually done in Murano glass. These massive... It looks like fruit. The fruit piece. Those were beautiful. They're gorgeous, and they're done in Murano glass. I mean, it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. So we kind of got a, a tour of the outside and, a, and an explanation of, of the outside and how it was being built and why it, certain things were done certain ways. And then we got to walk inside through the museum, which shows various pictures and the history of the building of, of the uh, Sagrada Familia. And then we got to go into the chapel. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. That was beautiful. And you want to just talk about breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking. Now, when Walter and I were here last year, they were not letting people in. Oh, really? No, I didn't we only know saw that. the outside. We only saw the outside. It wasn't, it wasn't open to go in. Um, now they let people in. They only do services there on special occasions. Easter, Christmas... Things like that. Um, they don't do a normal a, a normal service there. But you want to talk about just the most gorgeous church you've ever walked into. I mean, just incredible. Just absolutely incredible. Breathtaking. The stained glass. Oh. The stained glass. Just And the architecture on the inside. Just gorgeous. The columns were made to look like trees. Right. And the ceiling looked like the canopy above you. Yeah. And... Just this massive scale. I mean, what the, how, did she say 7,000 people could fit in there? I think is what she I said. I think that's what she said, yeah. I think that's what she said. How big was the choir? The choir was huge. The choir, I think she said 1,500. Yeah. The choir could be 1,500 people is what they have space for. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's the scale of it is overwhelming. And this is kind of, I don't want to say it's typical of churches in Europe, but churches in Europe tend to be. Uh, just, you know, Pretty real grand, grand cathedrals, um, as opposed to, like, Florida, which they're, they're in trailers. Or well, they're also old, or and they all have such history. Yeah, exactly. Just, that's what's boggling my mind. Exactly. Um, so we, we, we did that. Where do we go next? Next we went to the park up on the hill, the Park Guell. I feel like I'm going to screw up that name I used. G-U-E-L-L. And this was, uh, uh, again, inspired in many ways by Gaudi. Gaudi's a very big influence in Barcelona. Uh, he's a very famous architect. His work can be seen all throughout the city. I think he died in the late 1920s. Mm-hmm. But he left this amazing legacy in Barcelona. This park is one of those legacies. Fascinating architecture. Just the odd shapes and the colors and the... There's one building that we kept passing near our hotel, which was sparkly. I mean, it had all kinds of... Which immediately distracted Oh, it did. It was just like, okay, so I want to live in this building. (laughs) And then the park was that way, too. And we were told that the park, they kind of equated it to Epcot and the future future world. Right. This was Gaudi's vision of a future community. Right. But only, I think, three or four houses had been built. Correct. 
and one is now housing a, a school, an right. elementary school. It's an elementary school, which would be the coolest place ever to go really? to school. Really? The park was absolutely packed, and there were street vendors with their little mats of sunglasses and glass necklaces. But also um, entertainers. There was, you know, there was this woman dancing. You had, a, you know, guitar players. I the mean, freaky gold man. That was sitting on nothing. Right, the statue, mm-hmm. the, like the living statues, and uh, uh, they had, uh, <laughs> they recently started licensing these street performers, and they made them audition, and like thousands and thousands auditioned, and only a handful got licenses. So when you see these street performers now in, in Barcelona, these are licensed street performers, and they're amazing, they're really good. They're really good because that's what they wanted. They didn't want just anybody to be able to set up a box and do something. They wanted something that was really going to showcase the city. But you really get the sense that the people of Barcelona have a tremendous amount of pride uh, in their city. It's an immaculate city. I mean, it's very clean, and it's very beautiful. Um, I'd like to say the people were, you know, incredibly friendly. It wasn't that they were rude. They just weren't particularly friendly, in my opinion. Um, generally speaking, you agree? Within the hotel, they were very friendly. In the hotel, that was different, but just outside the hotel, going in places, you know, no. I, I didn't I didn't find people to be, you know, overly friendly. No, I didn't either. Not like today in Gozo. In oh, Malta. Gozo. Oh, in Malta, Malta, they were so friendly and welcoming. That's a whole other story. But the park itself, it had a central courtyard that was... Simple. There was nothing in it, but all around it was a bench that you could sit on, and it had um, like lumbar support going yeah, around the bench. It was all. It was ceramic and junk, glass, right? Ceramic, and we were told that um, Gaudi had dishes he didn't like. He would break them up, or if he was done with them, and he'd embed it in this to make this seating because it was all different kinds of. She said it was the largest, I mean, the longest bench seat in the world. I At one point it was, the longest bench seating in the world, but I, it's not not anymore, oh, but okay. uh, it was at one point. Um, so we spent, you know, a, a good hour or so there, mm-hmm. um, and then they took us to lunch. Oh. And we had this amazing tapas lunch at uh, Cantravi New Restaurant. Uh, and again... I'm sure I'm mispronouncing some portion of that, <laughs> but uh, they opened uh, they opened the restaurant early for us because people in Barcelona tend to eat late, and we got there I want to say about eleven thirty. Yeah, and they opened up early for us, and we had this. Uh, I loved it. It was I this great tapas lunch. Walter was not thrilled with the food. It just wasn't to my liking. Although a lot of it was was pretty good. It's just not something I really cared for. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so Mick Pedersen didn't like the food. But the eight of us sat at a, round, a giant round table, and they just kept bringing out all these different appetizers. Oh, yeah, appetizers. just wave after wave, wave after, after wave. wave. And again with the wine. And then they um, they showed us this, I, I can't remember what it was called. I, I have it. It is a Puron. A Puron, which is this um, glass decanter, uh, what what they uh, put muscatel in, a liqueur, muscatel. And it's got this long, narrow spout, and you pick it up, 
and you never put your lips to the spout, you pour it into your mouth. Um, and Teresa tried it, Walter tried it, and, uh, George, one of the other people on the tour with us, tried it. George nailed it. George nailed it. Teresa and, and Walter both wore it. <laughs> um, you know, getting it in your mouth, but it, it was the stopping. And the minute you tip the bottle down... Then it's like all over your chin and your neck and down your front. But this is a uh, uh, this is a traditional thing uh, in Spain that you share with friends and family, right? Only yeah. So when you get done, you don't set it down; you hand it to the next person, and then they pour it. So it just goes around the table, and everyone takes turns pouring the wine into their mouth. And someone that our waiter Antonio showed us how to do it. The maitre d actually right. the maitre d, and he held it. I think it was him held it back. I'd swear two feet from his face. That's, it was like a steady little stream. Like I'm doing hand signals here. Can you all see that? <laughs> <laughs> but it was just amazing. You know? And, and it was th- a delicious lunch. And after that, we got to make our own stained glass. Oh, I forgot about that. They should have ours. I don't think we got it yet. Yeah. Do you have ours? I don't have it. No, they had it. They supposed to give it to us. No, they never gave it to us. So it, maybe it was just that bad. Mine was, yeah. I worked hard on mine. Teresa did great on hers. She, hers looked beautiful. Mine. I usually do with crafts, but mine was not yeah. very good. It was. George did awesome on his. George did awesome on his. Um, it was. It was cool. It was a cool little exercise and uh, a lot of fun. Just sitting there in the little courtyard next to that old house slash restaurant. And that night we had dinner on our own. Now this restaurant uh, is in this amazing old building. Uh, with uh, it's just it's just gorgeous. I mean, it just has this whole atmosphere to it that is so unique. Um, the entire front is covered with bougainvillea, mm-hmm. so all you see is this purple blaze of bougainvillea across the front, which is incredible. And I wanted to go back there that night and have dinner, and we were kind of tired because we were still jet lagged, and um, but we we sucked it up. We did because after after lunch we had gone. Down to um, the Gothic Quarter. Oh, that's right. That's right. And that's where I had my first weepy moment when I realized that Christopher Columbus. They they pointed out in the Gothic Quarter, (laughs) they pointed out where Christopher Columbus, there were these steps, I guess, on what used to be the Royal Palace. Right. Um, There were these steps where Christopher Columbus met with Queen Isabella and King whoever. Asked for permission to and money to go to the New World, and you know when he discovered America, um, which was already inhabited by people when he got here, but you know he discovered it. Um, and uh, so Teresa heard that and started crying. It just it just got me but, all the history. I'm gonna cry right now. All the history <laughs> and knowing that Christopher Columbus stood right there, not yards from where we were standing. Mm-hmm. And the old buildings, because it it's the old, original Barcelona. Yeah, you're talking about hundreds of years hundreds old. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. And the the architecture, And but then when she said Christopher Columbus was right there, I'm just... She lost it. I lost it. <laughs> and of course, the guy is looking at Teresa like she's insane. <laughs> like, why is this woman crying? It's what she does. <laughs> But then we saw the um, the church, and I don't—I didn't remember what the name of the church was. It was right there too, right around the corner, 
is where Columbus brought um, some natives back. And Native Americans back, back to be baptized. Which I thought was fascinating. But we walked around the Gothic quarters, and she pointed out all the architecture and the, I mean, gargoyles and just... And the Gothic quarter was cool. It was cool. That was very cool. Narrow, narrow little streets. And people are living in these buildings. Yep. This yep. is what... How awesome is that? All of Barcelona, to me, all the buildings have balconies, and you know when you're walking down and you see this nondescript little funky door and it's got all these little uh, names on it, that people are up living in these buildings. And it just... That just struck me as just the most amazing thing. And they walked us through the Gothic Quarter and then down Las Ramblas, which is the mm-hmm. uh, like the main street of Barcelona. A lot of restaurants, a lot of street performers, a lot of uh, flower stores, vendors. flower mm-hmm. vendors. These amazing flower arrangements that were so cheap. Like, yeah, they were. These gorgeous arrangements for like 15 euros, something we would pay like $100 for in the States. Right. And, I mean, just out there, mm-hmm. go buy it and take it home with you. And I mean, plants. It was, Everybody's got flowers on their balconies. Oh, yeah. Very, lots of flowers. Lots of, and their laundry. I mean, it's just not so much laundry in Barcelona, but that was more out. And that, and that like I said, that night we had dinner on our own, but we did do... Uh, after you know, at the at the point that we went down, walked down Las Ramblas, that was the end of that day's tour, and then we had you know the rest of the night in our own, and we knew we wanted to go back to. Ken uh, <laughs> Trevi Nuo, no, no, whatever it is, um, uh, for dinner, but we walked around and we did some shopping, and uh, found some cool little places. It was. It was interesting. A lot of people out. By that time, it was late and, afternoon. But then you really started to get a feel of Barcelona. Like, you know, this one street we walked down uh, with shops, this, you know, quartet was playing music, and there was this oh, old, this old oh. couple. This old couple. Um, they must have been in their 70s, in the street, just dancing with each other. Just dancing. They were so elegant, you could tell they'd they been dancing were. this way. For years. And she was singing the words to the song in his ear. Yep. And just working them hips. And keep in mind, this is not like a particular tourist area. This is, you know, where locals go to shop. And you would see scenes like that throughout Barcelona. And it just, it really, it just speaks to the, 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 the the people and the, 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 the culture. And it was awesome. We have video of this stuff that we'll be putting up when we get home. Uploading video from the ship is just not an option. But um, we'll have stuff going up when we get home that will... And I have video of that. We took I took video of that with my phone, actually. So, uh, yeah, we went back to uh, Contrevi Nuo that night for dinner. <laughs> and uh, Took a cab ride. Um, had a great dinner. At least I enjoyed mine. I, again, Walter was not overly impressed with... With his, I don't care for Spanish cuisine. That's I realize that now. And you like yours, right? Yeah, I like mine. I just, I and but by the time we got back to the hotel that night, we were so exhausted. I mean, from it tra- was a full day. Okay, know? we did sleep in the back of the cab. I didn't. Y'all did. <laughs> yeah, we were. We were. We were going into a nod, and we had like 
the Spanish Mario Andretti. <laughs> Michael or Miguel, whatever his name was. Who was doing like a hundred miles an hour <laughs> through tunnels. <laughs> when I slow down to I feel like Princess Di. Princess Di <laughs> and and, uh, and Dodi Fayed. Um he was flying. Halfway through the tunnel. He was flying. Halfway through the tunnel. Scaring us to death and was just laughing. Yeah. Having and the best time doing it. Without a word, Pete and I both, okay, let's put our seatbelts on. <laughs> really? Like. <laughs> that was a good night, though. Uh, the next day, uh, it was off to Montserrat. Montserrat. Which is, uh, it's a, a St. Benedict Monastery. Thank you. Um, and the uh, Black Madonna is the religious uh, icon of Montserrat. And uh, there's a whole story that goes into the Black Madonna, which I won't go into. You can look it up. But uh, this church was built around this icon. And again, you want to talk about just a gorgeous, gorgeous church. Um, and we were taking, you know, again, now we, do you remember our, uh, our guide's name? Star. Star. Well, yeah. I don't know what her Spanish name her, was. Her, her, yeah, in, in, in yeah, her her name in Amer in English meant star, so we were calling her Star. Um, but it was a, a nice coach ride. Um, northwest. Estrella. Estrella. Yes. Estrella was northwest of Barcelona. It took us what about forty minutes? It was a good 40, 45 minutes uh, to get there up and up a mountain. This big mountain, very windy mountain roads that was scaring the hell out of us. Um, <laughs> but uh, got there early before the crowds, because apparently this is a really popular place. We were like one of the first there. Yeah. And they have that, um, uh, what's the name of the thing? The vinicular. The vinicular, yeah. That goes up even further up the mountain, like a straight, like it's like, like I think it's 70 degrees. 70 degree angle going up this mountain. Oh, yeah. really? It looked like it was... Straight oh my up. gosh! Train track just well, we were the laid first, up against the We side were the first the ones there to go up, which was like ten o'clock maybe. So we go up, we look around. It was very cloudy. We couldn't do as much walking as we wanted. By the time we get back, there was a line to get up there. There had to be like fifty or seventy-five kids waiting to get. Yeah, there. and it, it was just. I looked at that, that train tracks, and I'm like, no way, I'm no. not going up that. Well, and there was, was no beautiful. shopping at the top, so there was no reason to go there. There was reason to go. <laughs> We saw no reason to do there this. There's no shopping to be done. <laughs> I'm not going to take that train up there, walk around when I could be shopping. Um, no, Star was into it. She actually did not take the train back. She walked down this path that took you around the mountain and back down to the shopping area. We edge. walked from one shop to another. Yeah, we shopped. And then we found that um, locals had come in with the products, the honey and the cheeses. The goat cheese. The goat cheese. We got goat cheese. You need goat cheese. We got goat cheese. <laughs> And, they love and we goat bought cheese. goat cheese. <laughs> and we bought a lot of goat cheese. And it's sitting on my bed as we speak. And honey and, and honey cheesecake. I thought some would each be different, you know, because I said, you try it, you know, and we tried it. And then we go to the next little booth, and they had the exact same thing. There were like eight booths set up, and they were all selling the same stuff. They all had honey and goat cheese. <laughs> I got goat cheese. And it's like, and you then, know what, here's a business tip. <laughs> You might want to sell for something different than what the guy next to you is selling. And they had little plastic goats standing on top of the cheese. So you knew it was goat cheese. One had a cow. Now that was the cow cheese. 
had the goat cheese. Everyone had the goat cheese. What's your point? And they all made it sound like it was special. Yeah, five feet away, five feet to the right, there was another 300 pounds of goat cheese. I got the goat cheese. It's like, okay, we got the goat cheese, too. And Pete was just lapping it up. Fine goat cheese. Uh, but it was Goat good. cheese and honey. Goat honey. cheese and honey. I'm set on goat cheese and honey. And yes, you can bring cheese back into the United <laughs> States as long as it is not right. a brie or a spreadable cheese. It can. If it is a solid cheese, it can be brought back seriously into the United we States. Yes, we so it you up. can t- take it back on the plane. Correct. Wow. Yep, they can come back into the U.S. They're eating some cheese at the terminal. <laughs> well, no, we're bringing it back for the podcast crew. To yeah, when we do our show. We'll oh, we've got the chocolate, too, that we bought there. And we have chocolate that we, we brought. chocolate. It's that wonderful, um, was it strawberry and white chocolate? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. That was awesome. That was good. Um, and we did some nice shopping at Montserrat. There was some nice, nice little stores there. Oh, I got a beautiful um, cross. And, uh, yeah, some nice stuff. Some really nice stuff. They don't ship, though. They don't ship back to the U.S. They don't speak English. And though. they don't speak English. I was having to type things into my translator and my <laughs> iPhone and, like, hold it up to them. <laughs> Do you ship back to the U.S.? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was, uh, no. <laughs> and, uh... <clears throat> we had lunch up there. And we had lunch up there. They they had a private lunch for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this was one of the things that disappointed me. Right, but one of the few things. Um, one of the only things, yeah. Uh, that we got to lunch, and the choices for lunch were <laughs> vegetable paella or <laughs> vegetable paella. And we're like, oh, I don't think so. And I got a little, I, I got a little miffed. I'm like, don't. Take me somewhere for lunch and tell me this is what you're having. I don't like vegetable paella. I don't like paella, let alone vegetable paella. It smelled wonderful now. It smelled wonderful, but it was full of vile weed. It was full of broccoli. <laughs> and I was not eating it. So I taped it with the broccoli. It was, t- it was infested. It we was infested broccoli. with broccoli. And uh, so, but the, you know, our, our adventure guides, uh, Courtney took care of it and got me in. Nice cheese ravioli, which was out of this world. It was delicious. But it just bothered me that they would go into any meal, anywhere for any reason, and say, you have one choice. Um, Did you like the dessert there? I enjoyed it immensely. What was it? It was the the cheese with the honey poured over it? No. No, I didn't. Really? I didn't like the texture. It was just like cottage cheese. With it, was like it, cottage was, it was. It was. It was. It was a. It was a. Ricotta. It was a regat. It was a ricotta. Yeah. Sometimes ricotta. And I shut up. And uh, <laughs> with uh, with honey poured over it. And I enjoyed it. No, it was no. Uh, no. It was like cottage cheese with honey. Is what it tasted like. It had that texture and. So. But again, it was a local thing. It was, yeah, it was authentic. It was authentic. It was so. authentic. I think that's what I liked about another paella. I, I couldn't go that far. but Because Courtney's like, oh, you can't leave Spain without having paella. I'm like, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be easy. <laughs> what else you got? I'm the, it's really easy for me to leave Spain without having paella. Um, so that was, and i got to be honest, for me, that was the only disappointment on the trip, and it was minor, and it was addressed immediately. What else would you like? No, what else would you like? Yeah, we'll get you well, something. That was um, my only suggestion to ABD, you know, add a couple things to that that menu. You know, give people a choice. Um, the paella smelled wonderful, and if you don't mind the vile weed, 
by all means, eat the paella. But uh, then uh, we headed back to the hotel. We had a couple of hours before our farewell dinner. Oh, that's right. That was all the same day. That was all the same day. But didn't day. it seem like it went... We had a lot of time. We did. It was an awful... We did have the, a lot of time to do day. things and, and... Go shopping. See, we saw a lot. There was a lot packed into <clears> this. And I never could have put this together. Oh, no. On my own. I never could have put no. this together. I never would have known to, to do a lot of this stuff, really and truly. And then getting there and having the guides and... The transportation. The meals, the transportation. Right. It just... I can't tell you. This is what... Adventures by Disney is best at. It is best at taking that stress of having to do that planning uh, off your plate. Um, It's one thing to do that planning at Disney World where you've got tons and tons of resources and information uh, that you can trust. It's another thing when you're trying to plan it to a foreign country where you don't speak the language, you don't know the culture, um, it's just, it's, 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 it's really impossible to describe unless you experience it. Um, our farewell dinner was at, it was at Tableau de Carmen, Tableau de Carmen, which is, uh, it's basically a dinner theater where the entertainment is flamenco dancing and not the Showy, showy, flashy, flashy flamenco dancing. Cassinous. It's like intense passion, passion up in your face, up in your face, <laughs> on my face in particular. <laughs> flamenco dancing with on the, your plate <laughs> because we literally were sitting right beside the stage, and I swear to God, I thought. They were going to come down onto the table and start stomping on our food. Seriously, our table was butted right up against the stage, and Pete was sitting. And the people, I mean, his the stage was. There were times I, I leaned back because I thought for sure they were coming. They were coming for me. She's going to kick you in the head. Yeah, they're going to kick me in the head. But when we first got there, before we ate, it was a little, and I don't remember, and I, I'm bad about this. It was a little. Um, well, they described it again like Epcot, like World Showcase in Epcot, but with different regions of Spain. Of Spain, and it was built for. What was it built for? I the nineteen twenty something World's Fair, right? Really? Yes. Okay. Well, they and it's supposed to be torn down after eighteen months. And it's right, still there. and it's still there. But now it's just little shops with little courtyards of all the different areas with stuff for women. For women. I enjoy women's it. jewelry, <laughs> women's clothes, women's jewelry, women's clothing, women, women, it. women. Once again, I enjoyed and it. And then there was a chocolate shop, which was <gasps> wonderful. Oh, it was. And then Walter oh, and I found Walter and I did find a place that had something that wasn't necessarily for women. It was uh, really beautiful glasswork and things like that. And they were they they would ship back to the U.S. Oh, she was a salesman, wasn't she? Uh, was. She was. She was on. She it. Was, Oh no, they they didn't ship. They didn't ship. We had a, we had the hotel ship it. But she packed it nicely. But she packed it up for us. Um, so I was really happy with that. That was, that was beautiful and unique. As if you could always look at it and say, "I got this." When I was in Spain, and then we well, all met back back in the little center courtyard for our dinner, and we went in. And what'd you think of dinner, guys? Well, dinner was just terrible. Yeah, was, the, the food was terrible. Um, the the show was it amazing. Was the show the was flamenco dancing was amazing. It was. It was. 
we got some of it and you'll be able to see parts that we recorded, but it's almost hard to describe because of the the passion and the feelings that the women and men were, were expressing. The singing, the while singing. They were, while they were singing and dancing. It was just amazing. It was absolutely I wanted amazing. to know what they were singing about because it sounded bitter and angry because it kind of went with, you know, when the woman was out there That's dancing. That's why Walter enjoyed it. It was she, bitter, angry dancing. She was all ticked off and, her, you know, dancing around and the little Banny Rooster dude come out and just started dancing around her. That was cool. Yeah. Though he was, the little guy I didn't enjoy as much as the Corey the Feldman were, at the end. The women were incredible. Yeah, Corey Feldman <laughs> appeared at the end <laughs> to do flamenco dancing. <laughs> He looked like Corey Feldman. Um, and so, yeah, the show itself was amazing. Like I said, that meal was a disappointment. Uh, I'll be honest. It was a disappointment. But it was something very authentic. It was. It was yeah. authentic, and that's what we got. You can't go anywhere else and have the flamenco dancing. So you got It was see. authentic. We had a picture of sangria. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of Spanish culture. Uh, they did fall back on the, you know, the food was like, Okay, we can get away with a lot because you're seeing a lot of good, nice culture. Um, but it was edible. And our guides didn't get to eat with us that night. No, they, so there was a screw-up, and our guides were sitting somewhere else. But um, I didn't realize this. Most tour companies don't allow the guides to eat with the guests. They make them eat on their own. Oh, I like and eating with them. I love the fact that we get to eat with yeah. our guides. So I think that that's makes a, a big portion of the thing for me. Exactly. Exactly. So the next morning... It was uh, checkout and off to the cruise terminal where Adventures by Disney again handled that whole transition brilliantly, got us through the line very quickly onto the ship, and uh, to begin this portion of our, our vacation, which we have just begun in the last couple of days, we had our first port of call, as I said earlier. That's amazing. In Malta, it was unreal. We're in Europe, people. Yep, she made it. She made it to <laughs> Europe. Europe. I just and keep saying, oh, that looks like Europe. Oh, I'm in Europe. <laughs> and uh, tomorrow's stop is Palermo, Sicily. Oh, oh I'm so yay. looking forward to that. Sicily. We're very, very excited. So um, that is our report on the Barcelona escape. We will have uh, much more on our Adventures by Disney Mediterranean cruise adventure, whatever you want to call it when we get back in a few weeks. So we hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you soon. Buenas noches. Take care, everybody. Adios.